This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at LoveSportRadio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit LoveSportRadio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword LoveSport. yet again I can firmly kiddo say no and you can replay that in 10 years alright because it would not happen it would not happen no it wouldn't however for someone it has happened hasn't it kiddo it has it has happened and while I'd rather to be fair what's happened I don't know I don't know I don't know what happened it's just good to say yes I'd rather I'd rather not dedicate time to this individual but a man who once said I would not take the job because I love Chelsea supporters so much has done just that hasn't he gents and listen this is the Chelsea fan show and we don't want to dedicate too much time talking about other people from other clubs but this one we simply cannot ignore me and Matt Beadle here with Stamford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd of the Chelsea fan cast to talk all things Chelsea and an ex-Chelsea manager two times over who is now moved across London or north of London, I should say, and has become the manager of Tottenham Hotspur. Yes. Fellas, your thoughts, well, please. In, in, do you know, to be really honest, uh, I, I, I know there's a lot of Chelsea supporters who are... Up in arms. Yeah, they're very angry and, and cross about it, but they, I, I can kind of understand it, but the, there is no such thing as loyalty in football. And, and he is a professional manager, so frankly, he's entitled What's to he go. Twelve million. Yeah, he's entitled to go wherever he likes. I mean, yeah. I, I think he's. I, I think he summed it up very, very well in his press conference, which is saying that um, I have many clubs. You know, I'm wearing the Spurs pajamas at the moment, but I am a man of many clubs, and and that's true. You know, the only loyalty Mourinho has is to himself. I think if Chelsea fans have got anything to be rightly upset about, uh, and that is the fact that. You know, Mourinho wastes no opportunity to have a dig at anybody that he's not currently being paid by. So when he went to United, uh, you know, he was he was sticking it to Conte, he was sticking it to the supporters, saying that we we're rubbish and we don't support the. You know, we, we've we've since then every away side, every oh so uh, you know clever and funny and witty away support that comes to Stamford Bridge is Mourinho's right, your fans are, you know, so. And he's responsible for that. So he did say that when he was Chelsea manager. Though. Well, he, he even said it. When well, he well, was, well, that's so. true. You know. So, 
I, I think they've got every right to be upset about that. I mean, I, I, I wrote personally up... don't care. You've written well, an I article. Well, I, I don't. I don't. Written... I have. They haven't put it up yet. They said they were going to put it up this morning. Anyway, in the article that I wrote, I said, look, all I all I really hope for, because I am I am hugely grateful to Mourinho and will always be grateful to him for the fact that he brought eight trophies to the club. Three Premier League tiles. I never thought I'd ever see Chelsea win the FA Cup again, let alone, you know, uh, mind you, we won that before he turned up. But I never thought we'd win the league, and he, and he certainly helped us to do that. I'll always be grateful for that. I just hope and wish that he could show us, uh, the supporters who backed him right up to the moment and beyond when he was sacked the second time he was at the club, you know, most of the supporters were absolutely right behind him, even though we were 16th or 17th in the league at the time. The players had given up Very on him. few managers get that kind of support, and I think he needs to respect that. And I hope he shows us some, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath. I think you're right when you say you don't really care, right, kiddo? I don't really. Don't really. And I was asked the question before we came on air on on the on La Sport Drive, and they said, "Oh, do you think they'll be up in arms?" And I said, no. "I can't." I, part of me feels like too much time has passed now. You yeah. know, he spent what two and a half years at, well, it, at Manchester did it was United. When he, went to, he went to United. For me, going to United is as bad as going to Tottenham. Is it? Yeah, well, Tottenham's worse for mm. obvious reasons. I they think are all the our stories that accompanied but it. But I can't stand been, United, so I hate the fact there were stories there. accompanying it that he this was the team he'd always wanted oh, to manage. Yeah, yeah, he, there was, and he there? cried when yeah. uh, um, Van Gaal was yeah, uh, appointed. Yeah, Whether yeah. that was rubbish or not, I don't know. Because but that seemed to be a kind of turning the screw kind of uh, um, criticism of him. But uh, you know, he's he's deeply flawed as a manager. There's a possibility now that he's actually too old fashioned uh, the way he plays. Um, he might give them some solidity. Um, he, uh, I hope he's changed. He seemed to be slightly more affable in his approach. But they was like but that when he turned up at us. Yeah, remember? And then he was, well, he was like that when he turned Mr. up Happy, at United. The happy one. That's right. That's right. And then, so he, the second then time. he became the morbid, spiteful, vitriolic one. But uh, I think what happens, the impression I don't quite understand. I don't get the match because um, it's a match uh, made in hell. Mate. Well, uh, he he seems to be a. A manager who likes to um, diss the players and say that he hasn't got the right sort of players for the the team that he wants to play with is what he did at United, didn't he? And demand, but you need, uh, demand you need class, that the board you need class a on every, the eggs to make an omelette. Yeah, 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 yeah. But of course, the reality was that when he and to be fair to him, the best team that he ever have ignored you. <laughs> great Mourinho, he, he, yeah, very great, great, very good impression. Yeah, uh, um, uh, my train of thought has been interrupted. I'm now, so Jim. sorry. Thank you. Anyway, as I was saying um, uh, before, I was strangely interrupted. Um, uh, the to me the best team that he ever had ever played was was Milan into Milan because he didn't have a great side but he made them into uh, a Champions League winning side and that's where he has the alchemy to make something work so I don't understand why he then became I must have all these great players to make my team work because the Milan side were just masters of the dark arts mm-hmm. and uh, and weren't great but he made them into a Champions League winning team he did so very well there but I think he was well. still at the top of his game then yeah but I think it also football at the time hadn't evolved no. into what it's evolved into and I think uh, unless he's changed his philosophy uh, I don't think he's going to be a success there um, but let's see you know mm. I mean I hope uh, that he's an absolute abject failure at Tottenham obviously because mm. we don't want to see them do very well um, but I'm, I'm amazed that he's gone to a club that we know you know, Danny, Dan, Daniel Levy is is legendarily yeah, tight fisted yeah. in terms of transfers. Completely. Um, you I know, mean, they, we they, felt they're, they're that Pulis was the right phrase for him. Well, wasn't that's what he Alex, when he was, when yeah, he Alex coined the term. But yeah. he, he 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 doesn't. I mean, we we you know, Jody Jody Morris made those comments on Sky uh, a while ago, saying that there was a Chelsea manager who wanted to shut the academy down because he didn't see the point and he didn't name who the manager was and it had us all racking our brains as to who it might have been i wouldn't i would i don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if it was Mourinho. so you know unconcerned he was about trying to break any youngsters through. But also through. this bizarre thing that his statement that he made this week about saying how he was going to be looking at all the youth because he loved well, the youth. Well it's funny you mentioned that because there's been suggestions hasn't there that he's had a little dig at both United and oh, Chelsea yeah, a subtle yeah. dig and the fact that I've yeah. got a couple of the quotes here you know when he was asked about youth and he said you know there's no manager that doesn't love to bring youth forward. The problem is that sometimes you get into clubs where the work that is below you is not good enough to produce these players. So I looked at our history and you see that the academy is always giving talents the first team need. Of course, I always look forward to working with that profile. 
I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure Mourinho, they had a good youth set Chelsea. Uh, well, we were winning. I mean, if you just look at the number of uh, FA Youth Cups and uh, European Youth Cups that Chelsea have won over the period since Roman turned up, and I uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but Mourinho was around when we were doing that. So if, if he couldn't find use for some of those players, in fact, some of those players are now playing for the first team. So he's at, I mean, look, he never ever put them into the first. No, team. No, he didn't. You know, the, the, what you have to understand with Mourinho, it's all about him. And that's he's kind of like it's a bit like when you got Diego Costa playing for you. We loved Diego Costa because he would cheat, fight, punch, scratch, kick his way to do anything he could to win a game of football for your side. You love him when he's in your side, but if you're on the other side and you're the other side's fans, you hate him with a passion. He is a pantomime he's an animal, and so so that that's the same with Mourinho as a manager. If he's your manager. Everything he says and does is to gain some sort of a psychological or tangible advantage for your side, and you love him. But if you if you if he's not on your side, you can't stand him because you see through it and you see what he's about. It's either all about him or all about getting an advantage over, over the, over the opposition. To see what he's about when you when he's managed your team. Yeah. I have to say, I think that that helps because yeah. you can see what psychological things he's doing. So when he goes to another team, you go, "Oh, he's doing that again, is he?" But we because he, he's managed you. He's done that with you. When let's, you were, let's not a, get, get away from this. The reality is. As I said, you know, he, he helped Chelsea to win a lot of uh, trophies while he was with us. Every single one of them I loved. I loved it when he was our manager. We, I supported him absolutely until the absolute last minute the second time around, even though I was being told by many people who are quite close to what was going on at the club how, how vitriolic and spiteful he had become, and he was. He was really poisonous and toxic for about six months it, He there. played that very well, though, because he came across as being, um, look what's yeah, happening but not to behind me, the I can't scenes. do it. No, indeed, behind the yeah. scenes, they were hating him. Well, I just, I mean, I find the whole thing quite bizarre. The fact that he's got another job in the Premier League. The fact that the media circus, which is what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coined it as, is going to continue. I saw that Spurs actually denied a lot of journos access to to his first press conference. It's like, well, hang on a second. Did you do that when Maurizio Pochettino took over? No, you didn't. Scores of journalists we're hearing were refused entry because Jose Mourinho's in town and you've got to be careful about what you ask him and he has to have everything that he wants. And I do believe that, listen, he might bring Spurs a trophy, but I think that's because he will manage to convince Daniel Levy that winning the Carabao Cup should be a priority. Now, personally... I do think that it is a priority. Now, this is a brilliant little thing that I've got here. Circus, indeed. So His Chelsea, last clubs. This is brilliant. So Stamford Chidge has given me a wonderful <laughs> piece of paper here that says spells out circus if you consider the first letters of Chelsea, Inter, Real, Chelsea, United, Spurs. That's incredible. All the teams he's managed. All apart from the Porto. teams he's managed. And it spells Very circus, good. It does which spell is what circus. he is. So that could be circus... P- no, 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 we don't include Porto. P- we, so since Chelsea. So oh, since Chelsea, okay. Inter, okay. Real Madrid, no, no, I've got it. Chelsea, I, it's just speaking United, to me as if I don't Spurs. understand and I'm mentally deranged here. But no, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. That's what it says on your biography. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Helping you out. Yeah. But I do, circus. I, I do believe that, listen, I do think Spurs do need to win a trophy. And it, it, I've, That's why it's gone. But it's been a bugbear for me that that Spurs fans almost felt like they're above the Carabao Cup, that they're above the FA Cup. I do believe that Pochettino had a great chance to win a League Cup. You know, he had a chance to do that. And just get year. a trophy in the cabinet, not this year. But he did have an opportunity to do it. So just go ahead and do it. Mourinho will probably come in, put all his eggs in the Carabao Cup basket and win a trophy. He won't because they're out of it. Well, sure. Okay, sorry. Colchester but I, knocked yeah, him out. <laughs> but at the start of next season, I manage he'll probably go all out to win that trophy and then that buys him another year. But here's the thing, Matt, that I don't get, you know, and I, I compared him, he's like a, a, as I said on here the other day, he's like a big Sam for big clubs. You know, he's like brought in to try and win a club a trophy when they're desperate for a trophy as opposed to Sam rescuing them from relegation. I don't understand it. You know, everybody, all of my Spurs mates that I know pride themselves on the fact that they bring youngsters through, they play a certain way, they're doing it the right way, they're doing it organically, they don't spend lots of money. He's going to, he will throw, I cannot see him abiding by that philosophy at all. For him, it's, a, it's, it's to win at all costs. Screw the academy. We're not into that. You know, buy me loads of players who will help me do that. I don't care if they're 45 or whatever. That's how he wins. Mm. And that is so not what they've been doing. And then he'll leave it all in a complete mess in three years' time. And as a Chelsea fan, I'm delighted by that. I'm confused because I thought these were the best five seasons Spurs has ever had. Well, yeah. You know, how many trophies did they win? 
and that's the point. I spoke. I tell you, I I, sh- I, I won't say who it was because it's unfair because it just is. But I spoke to a, a very old, a very good and old journalist friend of mine who happens to be a Spurs fan. And his point was absolutely valid. He said, look, we just want to win something. We're desperate to win something. And maybe that's what he will do. Maybe he will mm-hmm. get that monkey off that back and he'll win them something and maybe that will allow them... They'll then bin him it, and then they'll go back to, to, to doing what they have been but doing. But it won't be the league. So the last no, time they won the league, the league was 1961. Yeah, six, oh, what, nearly 60 years ago. Indeed. E- even we only had to wait 50 years. Yeah. Well, he believes they can win the league next season, which he did say in that opening press conference. We're not finished on Mourinho, which is a sad thing. We are going to continue this debate after this on the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the boys from the Chelsea fan cast, Stamford Chidge, and Jonathan Kidd, who has his hands poised, ready, primed to say something. Na, 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 na. Ooh. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. Thank you. In response to anything at all? It's a Chelsea tune. That if, okay. you, if you're a Chelsea fan... La, la, yeah, la, no, no, la, no, no, don't la. do it again, Chidge. No, I get it. But I did you'll th- destroy ooh. the magic. I didn't know why you were doing it at that particular moment oh. in time. I felt there, were, it ought, the there ought to be more you. contact with fans out there who want to know that... Yeah, you see... Until you've I'm, taken my Chelsea away. Na, 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 na. <laughs> you don't start me. You know that. That is true. Never, it's ever one of the great. It's one out. of the great songs, though. That yeah. moment. Na, 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 na. Ooh, I love it. Nice. I love it. I really Good. love that I, bit. I sing it in the house occasionally to my wife. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Does she ask you to go outside? She says, why do you say Chelsea when you could be saying me? <gasps> and I said, She's you, right, yeah. of course. Yeah. And I said, well, because I love Chelsea more than you. Obviously. <gasps> no. Really? Oh. <laughs> Well, spe- and then, she's, and then she stabs you. Yeah, usually. Yeah, Sp- metaphorically. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of fans, to reach out to gents, we have had a message in from a Dave of Northwood Hill in London. Now, this is quite interesting and uh, an argument up for debate, I suppose, because there has been a lot of news about this this week after Jose Mourinho took the job. And he believes, does Dave, that a major factor in Mourinho joining Tottenham is down to the deal the club have with Amazon. Now, we know that there is a documentary being filmed this season. It was a multi-million pound deal signed by Amazon with Daniel Levy over the summer. So he's already been caught on camera. I would imagine that Maurizio Pochettino has been caught departing. So already, you know, a few months into the documentary, they've got some incredible footage. There is drama there. Friction. And I don't know how I feel about the modern day football documentary. I think back in the day, they were much better. Premier Sunderland was great Brilliant. Brilliant. I was watching one this weekend. Yeah. Were they Netflix? Yeah, but they also a bit fluffy. Almost like propaganda. Right, I've I've made documentaries and I've had annoying executive producers and series producers saying to me, David, what we need, what we need from this documentary, the three most important things you need from an observational documentary. I said, oh, what's that? Is that like, you know, content? No, no, no. Tension, drama and jeopardy. You know, and I think, yeah, right. You know, I've, I've actually had them, I've had uh, been given scripts. This is an observational doc, so you therefore go to film what happens. Okay, you provide a bit of structure around it but I've been given scripts as to what's supposed to happen for something that you don't know what's supposed to happen I mean it's so unbelievably contrived and in football that's the word suddenly you look at it and you go well hang on a second that's blatantly been manufactured and I worked at a football club actually when they started to do this and I could tell they were trying to create something that wasn't there and listen football clubs generally are dramatic things will happen if you just let the cameras roll like you said Premier Passions yeah. I don't think anything was yeah. set up in that particular yeah. documentary but it, it was brilliant it, brilliant brilliant because of course the club was falling apart Absolutely. which was so superb yeah. and it was so raw and you got heroes and villains created as yes. a consequence and yeah. Uh, characters and yeah real characters coming and, forward and, it was, and also characters cr- created by their non-appearance mm. you then thought I've, I've got a, I'm making a judgement if you know about football why hasn't that person spoken to the uh, mm-hmm. to the uh, the documentary I thought it was fascinating but they they lucked in as it were for that completely yeah but to be really honest i mean i know i know what dave's saying but I, you know you 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 don't hi- i cannot believe that you hire a manager uh because 
you know, it'll make a documentary that's being filmed look better. They, they, they've hired Mourinho because they're 14th in the league. It's a good excuse to say, thank you, Maurizio, good night. You've had five years. You didn't win us anything. We want to win something because we need to, you know, because you need to. You need to be but winning but stuff. But not only that, I think it was a toxic environment on the training well, pitch it got, as well. Yeah, you know, it had got, gotten got, got, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but no, but also it, it, for that to be the case that Amazon involved, they have to be huge money. I don't think Amazon are putting in 20 million. Oh, I think they are. Is I think it, it going to be that much? Mi- Multi- is it millions million million? pounds deal, yeah. Oh, well, if that's the case, so it's 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 reasonable because Levy's a, a businessman first and foremost. But, but it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd love to know Dave's clarification whether he thinks this is from Spurs's angle. They brought him in because of the deal with Amazon, or whether Jose's looked at it and gone, "Oh, they've got a deal with Amazon." I would I would imagine that Jose Mourinho wasn't. Ma- I mean, yes, it would have come up got... in negotiations, but it wasn't a trigger for him to to take the job. Well, anyway. since the BetSafe ads, when he, you know the uh, when he was uh, the special one, you know, he was doing all that discussion about I'm special, but there is a bet here that isn't special. That one where mm-hmm. he was very good let um, the bizarreness of him acting and being a, a rather cuddly character in on as a pundit was has been uh, um not a revelation but you think yeah he can do this in other roles but so there's a possibility of thinking yeah i could become an international film star you, yeah. you know you never know i'm, I'm bored of speaking about Marie. Yeah. well yeah i was yeah. gonna say that's that's it fellas i think that we've, and, we've and covered it We've covered it as much as we can. Time will tell, of course, whether he will be a success. But we mentioned those quotes from Frank Lampard Ooh. at the top of the show and the fact that he said, I can firmly say no, and you can replay that in 10 years, it wouldn't happen. That was with regards to him ever taking the Tottenham job. And there's been a great tweet, an article actually this week from Adam Hurry, a journo who works for The Athletic, amongst others as well. Very witty, very witty journo, Adam Hurry, who has picked up a habit that Frank Lampard seems to adopt in his interviews. It's a really, it's a really difficult question. It's a really difficult question. Is this going to go very quickly through? Uh, no, Tony. Um, I suppose it's not a laughing matter. He's, he's. Uh... We scored four, didn't we? <laughs> we should have won four-one. No, listen. I, I joke because I'm proud. I thought, can we get this game called off and replay this free? This has gone three-two. Um, but no, of course they've reached out to me to help. <laughs> very American, isn't I'm it? catching on. <laughs> yes. um, so no, they've reached out to help yeah. me. Good performance. I've gone. Good performance from the lads. You get on with life. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we made the most out of it. But it was it was an amazing night. I, I certainly would. Uh, well, we, we drew the game, I suppose, so and, and won it on penalties. But it, it's completely different. Oh, no, yeah. I'll try and be more refined going forward, but. No, listen, um, I presume that question would come quite early. <laughs> and I would say that um, he hasn't committed a crime, probably other than eating chips in the back of a cab, which is probably a bit out of order for the cabbie. Um, but on a serious note... Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Frank Lampard there. I love the fact that he seems to do this, and I hadn't really picked up on it before, but the classic makes a joke, he laughs, and then goes, but no, on a serious note. If you watch it now... From every interview moving forward, he tends to do that in most of his interviews. Well, I was trying to find a pattern in that, and I couldn't find one. So it's interesting that you've yeah. come up with that. Oh. I was listening to it thinking, why are we hearing this? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, but on a serious note, we should talk about Man City. Yeah, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice, Chigi. Nice segue. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yes, Manchester City this weekend, of course, at the Etihad, gents. Yeah. Not the happiest of hunting grounds in recent recent seasons mm. for Chelsea. No, not really. I mean, we've won twice, I think, in the last uh, ten, ten, <coughs> excuse me, ten Premier League games. Three uh, one in uh, two thousand and sixteen, uh, and I will never forget the one nil in two thousand and fourteen. Joe, Joe, Joe Cole scored the goal in the last minute. No, no, no. no this is the one with no, Branner. No, no. Branner in two thousand and fourteen. Right. Well, the reason I don't, I'll never forget it is because we had to do it on TV. We were doing the podcast live on TV, watching the game supposing to be talking about of course none of us could do it because the game was so tense we were like all the whole match it was the worst tv and yet the best tv you've ever seen and uh there's a wonderful photograph where we kind of captured a still of it when Branagh scored and we all just went absolutely loopy because we were up against it we were not you know supposed to win that match and we we dug in and we did must have been under Mourinho it was under Mourinho yeah. I remember it it was the 13-14 season yeah, yeah. because it was the first season without Sir Alex right. in the Premier League and it was City and Liverpool vying for there the title go. and Jose 
did a classic, classic Joey Mourinho. day at that yeah. time, which he'll probably continue to do, yeah. to be fair, and went to the Etihad. Yeah, 1-0, Ivanovic, sort of a left foot, half volley, sort of he deflected, it wasn't it? about 25 yards. Mm. We, we absolutely, I've got a lovely picture of it, I said it's was I you not, Yeah, you were there. I'll dig out the picture while, while we're in the break. Did I go mad? Yeah, we all went absolutely potty. Oh, okay. You, me, Darren and Russ. Didn't I do my usual understated? No, you weren't at all. We oh, all okay. lost it because it was so tense. Okay. Um, but you're right, Matt. I mean, last year was one of the worst... I mean, we we talked about this on Monday and people said to me Bournemouth was worse, but I don't think... I, you know, I've got a suspicion, Matt, that I was on air on the Sunday show and you were on air at the same time and we were watching it live and mm. I was yes. just... Did you not try to find You're a correct. recording? Well, I can't remember how I was like, apart from the fact that I think it was... Ho- <laughs> I just remember it being, you know... It was, it was just horrible. The horror of the horror. I mean, can you remember what I was like? I'd, it was I think, dreadful. Yeah, you were beside yourself. I do remember yeah. it. I'd forgotten about yeah, it. But yes, I, you we were, were on, on air at the same time. I think time. the low point for me was Barclay's attempted header back, wasn't it? When he headed it straight awful. to Aguero. But can you remember? I can't remember. I, I, I've seen so long ago. That, I, that we were on air? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do remember that we were on air. I hadn't... I wouldn't have remembered had you not mentioned yeah. it, but yes, we were. Awful. And you were, yeah, you were naturally beside yourself. You were seething. I was seething. Yeah, <laughs> for want of a better word. It was, was quite was disappointed difficult. at the time. I well, it was, was, I mean, a defining defeat under yeah. Sarri, well, that I think one. it was no, the worst no. one. I think it was the worst one. It was an absolute, it was a humiliation. I don't think and it was. And the players chucked it in. They chucked it in after 20 minutes. That mm. was the worst thing for me. I don't mind them being rubbish. I don't mind them being outplayed. But I object fundamentally to them chucking it in, and I felt that they did that. There was day. a period, though, in the second half of that game, I remember, where we came back in it, and uh, it's almost as if we didn't quite understand well, why they'd done that. They started yeah. playing it's only two quite in the second well. Half, to be and fair. Indeed, it was. Perhaps they thought, yeah. <laughs> but I think the two goals were scored after they'd come back in it, and then it all fell yeah, away again. Just... Um, but no, I, I, at the time, I. You know, I, I was I was rooting for Sarri for a period because I was seeing what he... I was hoping that somehow it would work. And in the sense, um, it did work towards the end of the season because they all began to... I don't know whether they threw the shackles off a bit and played the way they wanted to play, but it all seemed to come together as a consequence. They they ended up winning the, the well, Euro- well, I, Europa I, League. I, I but, disagree. But, um, in what way? I think the players just ignored him and played like they wanted to play, and that's why they played no, better. No, no, I don't. No, I'm sorry, I have to disagree with your disagreement. Oh, I, I because, disagree because you're disagreeing with my disagreement. I disagree. Disagreeing. I'm disagreeing with you disagreeing. Oh, so there were four disagreeings involved yeah. in this. Okay, but um, f- for me, um, uh, they still played to a rigid structure towards the end of the season. But there was, they, I think, they seemed to get it a bit more. But that was. That was, uh, uh, and the only reason they finished third was because everybody else around them was dreadful and has continued that dreadfulness into this season, which is uh, something I never expected to happen, especially with um, Spurs, who uh, Champions League was clearly the only thing they were interested in at the time. But we mustn't talk about Spurs. But but for me, um, uh, yes, that was an appalling, appalling, uh, um, what's the word, capitulation. Yeah, biggest capitulation since Singapore, mate. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go that far because that's a war. And, well, I know, and, and this is that's uh, true. This is football. But you know what George Orwell said? No, what did he say? Well, uh, paraphrasing him, yeah. he said that football was war without the bullets. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever said that. Trish. No, but he paraphrased it. I've read the original yeah. article. Okay, okay. okay. Well, yes. it was in the Trinity Mirror. Or was it published indeed? in about 1939? Funnily enough, <laughs> yeah. And it was based on. He went to see an Arsenal game where they were apparently attacking the players. So you think Arsenal fans are bad now? <laughs> <laughs> but hadn't Arsenal had their best decade ever? I don't know. I think he was basically saying that, and this is an interesting point, actually. I love going down a rabbit hole like this. But basically, he was saying that uh, people who watch sport fundamentally are far too emotionally engaged in it and take it too seriously and basically allow all their anger and frustration out by going to a sporting event. Absolutely. And he was talking not just about football, he was talking about all sorts of other sports. He was also talking about the nationalism involved with it, so things like the Olympics, and we all get too far, too far too nationalistic about our football. But he, you know, that's hence where it get the war war without the bullets comes in. He never actually said war without the bullets, but he, fundamentally that's what he was talking about. Okay. It's a really good article. George Orwell writes very well, actually, funnily enough. He does indeed. Who, who knew? Other historical figures in the literature, literature Are world of literature will be uh, discussed by Chidge yes. next week Anytime. at the same time. It's all right. I'm happy to do that. Happy to educate you. This is the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Next up, more well, more looking ahead. I don't, I don't know what's going to be next up on the Chelsea <laughs> Fan Show, but looking ahead more to that City game. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. 
inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's a Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with the boys from the Chelsea Fancast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. Kiddo. Now, of course, Chelsea have lost three of their last four Premier League games away at Manchester City, but they are on course to win eight consecutive away games in all competitions for the first time in the club's history, yes. Wow, is that the first? Wow, yep. I did not know that. It does seem like every week with Lamps there is another yeah. record to be broken. Yeah. Whereas with Sarri, it just seemed like there was a record <laughs> to be broken for the wrong yeah. reasons. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry, I won't have this. Well, you've forgotten that, have you? No, I won't have this. You well, are, no, no, you're, you're getting on a bit. You're, but, go, I mean, you're, you know. you're, going, you're going at Sarri again in I'm a way I'm just pointing that, out a fact. No, I know, I know, but nonetheless, nonetheless... It wasn't complete gloom and doom. It was at this time of the season when we lost six nil. It was pretty gloom and gloomy and doomy. But um, let's let's be fair. He did win the Europa League at the end of the season, so let's give him that. But uh, God, Chich is giving me such a hostile look. Everybody in Radio Land, the rubbish and, I have to uh, put up with on this show, honestly. Oh. Well, speaking of the game, Mourinho, Spurs, oh, John's love yeah, for Sarri going all tangents oh, today, isn't I was it? Merely pointing out a fact. Yes, no, but um, what we need to it's therefore discuss is is Frank likely to win away which would be fanta- which would be fantastic and i think he has a great possibility of winning away just because this is a very exciting youthful team who can't seem to stop scoring and you've lost what one in 11 so the i mean listen the club are playing very well realistic title challengers by the way yeah. this is huge because what really? if you win come say if you win at the etihad then if you win at the etihad that yeah, puts like City this, out of the title race. I like wow. this, uh, this City out. glass and then we hand it to half Liverpool. empty attitude. No, so. I don't think we do. I think I think Liverpool can't. They can't keep it up. They just can't. I, 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 think, yeah, I think they they're can, happy. sadly. I do uh, think Matt, they can. Matt makes a valid point. Well, in which point. case, they're not then. They're Matt, not title contenders, Chelsea. Liverpool keep Matt, winning. Matt makes a valid point because uh, we'll be on 29 points. City will be on 25. So that's only four points. It's not a lot, really, is it? I mean, you know, we're still... Eight points behind Liverpool, you know. I, we're not in a title challenge. Can't we're, I don't believe. So then you're saying that. So then you're saying the title race is done. It's over. It's already over. Because I just I, look. I, I am. I mean, you will get this, and we've talked about this many a time. I'm still waiting for the blip to happen because I cannot believe that that this upward progression is going to keep. Well, I'm just saying upwards. with Liverpool, I'm waiting for the blip to happen. Yeah. They've been very fortunate in some of these games. So, uh, 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 yeah, but I do see. I, I I get what you're coming from, Chish, and it will it will happen at some point. Because Perhaps they're young at players. We're, young, we're heading you know, into a very difficult period of what, the season. What you don't tend to get with young players, although I mean, let me say what I was going to say first. What you don't tend to get with young players is consistency. Having said that, what we've had so far this season is they seem to be learning really quickly, taking everything on board, and getting better and better and better. Is it not so because he's know. also got the combination of experience? Well, with I the think youth. that you yeah, know, I mean, well, Kovacic and Jorginho aren't. 
yeah. uh, aren't youngsters. Different players since, Completely uh, since last season. Under performances. Sarri. Yeah, yeah, under Sarri, because they were playing. <laughs> they were playing. I know you're deliberately I'm attempting to pull me plonker. I understand that. Ah, oh, he is doing it now, everybody at home. Ah. Um, <laughs> he's, well, he's not doing that. He's poking you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to say something else after that. But anyway, yeah. look, the bottom line is, is, is that... Uh, Maybe they are very oh, good. Stop maybe, it. maybe I may stop it, Maybe I shouldn't be, you know, stuck in this kind of time warp of thinking it's all going to go horribly wrong and being a pessimist. And that's that's what you're normally like, actually. So I don't know. Maybe I've caught it from you. No, but, I fear. Yeah. Maybe they will get better and better. I mean, I'll tell you what is interesting actually is the fact that, um, you know, City have got the best home record in the league. We've got, I think, together with Liverpool, the best away record in the league, uh, and also, of course. We've it's got draw got, written all over. Well, we've got a lot better defensively, actually. I think we've only let in four goals in the last five games or something like that. Other whereas, than the Ajax game. Whereas before, well, in the league, you know. Uh, so oh, I God. think the reality is is that we're getting we're getting better defensively. I think certainly in the Premier League. Um, but uh, and that bodes well. We may be undone by the fact that they are such a good uh, good going forwards. But yeah, at but the same we can time, have a go at them. But uh, yeah, but we'll score. And they're not very good at the back. And you've no, got Tammy Abraham who abs- scored more yeah. Premier League yeah, goals it, away uh, from home this season yeah, than any yeah, other yeah. player. Yeah, but it's not just Abraham. We've got all the others. You've mm. got Mason Mount on fire. You've got uh, William on fire. You've got uh, um, who Ron thinks is going to. Uh, oh, I don't to, want to, to Barcelona. Hear about We've heard about that. No, no, we didn't know about that one. That's no, a new one. About that. Yeah, yeah. Look. Bottom line, I thought you like Ron. I do like Ron, but you know, we've, I've heard that rumor. We've heard that rumor. No, but this has now been authenticated. Yeah, but you know. Okay. I want to talk about City. Well, let's talk about right, who's going to be playing, though, gents. Right. So Reese James obviously came in. Will he be starting? Will uh, Dave be starting? We've got Jorginho. We've got Kovacic. We've got Kante in the middle of the park. What are you thinking? Lamps is going to adopt. Well, we, we the picking up on what we we said on Monday. Uh, the, if you, if we reverse it round, the implications are: if you pick, I mean, I think he'll pick Aspie, and I don't think he'll pick James. We do think he'll pick Emerson, yeah, uh, which makes sense. Alonso can't play him against that lot. No, he will play Jorginho, Kovacic, and Kante. Yes. You can't not play any one of those three. So that has implications for who goes wide. You can say, well, how can he drop Mason Mount? And there's a case for saying, well, you can't. But on the other hand, I think what is interesting is the way that Liverpool played against City the other week. And they, they attacked uh, City down the flanks. They yeah. rinsed them down yeah. there. And they, yeah. they look very Which is vulnerable. we have the ability to do. So there is a case for saying maybe you don't play Mount. Maybe you play uh, Pulisic yeah, and, and Pulisic's only 25% chance of playing. Well, like Frank said he was in contention today in the oh, press. Oh, he said that? Okay. Yeah, okay. so let, let's assume well, he's I think fit. he'd play him because he seems to be playing a little better than Adoy. He seems scored, to be getting better and better. Three, Pulisic, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's also look, he's looking much more confident since, in fact, that implosion where everybody... From America said that you were everybody was being um, xenophobic and not playing him, which was he's, he's done really, really well. He's done really he? well. He's, looking he's a had player. little touches of hazard in him, which uh, yeah, um, I like the look of him. Yeah, I just think he's getting better and better. Confidence again and being yeah. managed yeah. really well. I yeah. think actually. Yeah. Look, frankly, I I would rather we did play Mount. I mean, the thing is that when when Kanto was playing earlier in the season, Mount was being pushed up front and wide. Um, I think I think Mount is so fundamental to the way that Frank wants to play because he seems to have more energy than anybody else yeah, and he effort, presses effort so pheasant. aggressively Absolutely. and he breaks the lines. Frank's always talking about midfield yeah. players who can yeah. break the lines and he and he gives you that. So for me, uh, Mount is fundamental to the way that Frank likes to play and I'll be amazed if he doesn't start. He's so skillful on both feet as well, Mount. He's, uh, he's, a, real, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, Did you? I didn't know this. I found this on the old Chelsea uh, Rick, Rick's bit, as I like to call it. Uh, on the Chelsea website, that Mason Mount is, um, I think he's the, either the second youngest to Jimmy Greaves or the youngest player Chelsea player to score for England. There's like days in it. It's not like by oh, a huge sweet. amount. They were both 20 years old and some about 250 days or I something. I thought it was fabulous him scoring for England as well. I know they weren't yeah. very good. Montenegro, no, it's great but to see him score. It was just great a, to see him score. But I'm a bit worried about Montenegro. Hudson Odoi. It, um, it wasn't Montenegro. It was, you, you, um, you talked about Hudson Odoi a minute Kosovo. ago. I'm a bit worried about him. Yeah. Um, you know that's a big injury he came back from. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 not trying to you know be down on him. I think he needs a bit of time. But he's such a talent, and uh, you know I, I worries yeah, he hasn't me. been bad this no. season. But he's not perhaps been the uh, the revelation everybody was hoping for. But then I think there's a bit mm. of pressure that's been heaped upon his shoulder. I think you know again this is where Frank will come in. I think Frank's. I think the the, the benefit you get with Frank as manager, apart from all the other obvious reasons, is that this is a guy 
who uh, has, you know, gave up playing not that long ago. I think he's very much in tune with the modern footballer and how to treat these guys and how to get the best out of them and how to be sensitive to what they need. So, I mean, you, we talk about Pulisic, and I think there's a very good example there. Everybody was, like, creating a huge amount of noise outside of the Chelsea bubble, and I think he was very shrewd in the way that he kind of protected Pulisic from that. Do you sense. think that teams can, do the same with can express the, the, the personality of their manager? Yeah. And uh, in this instance, because I yeah, absolutely definitely. think that this is actually in the embodiment of of how Frank wants to play and would love to play. Absolutely. Hardworking, yeah. skillful, scoring goals um, at think, will. I just think it's 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 a, it's his personality being expressed well, another through the thing, team. Yeah, to add to that, I was thinking about this today, actually, because I, mean, I really don't know how this is going to go, Matt. I, I, I cannot call this whether, it, you know, whether we'll be exposed defensively or mm. whether we go for it and expose them or whether we cancel each other out and it's a draw. But one thing that gives me heart that I have seen about this Chelsea side is exactly that. They've got heart. I mean, the way they came back against Ajax, I mean, a lot of teams would have curled up, you know, just said, well, we're not going to get anything out of this game. Uh, let's just keep it to 4-1 and try and keep it respectful. They didn't. They battled and battled and battled, and, you know, but for a stupid VAR decision, they would have won that game. Mm. And I think, you know, somebody said somewhere, a uh, very intelligent thing, that remember with these youngsters, they've gone all the way through their career winning all the time, winning trophy after trophy after trophy. This lot know how to win. They've got a winning mentality. And I think that's what we're seeing. These these kids do not give up. And the old guys are also used to winning. Indeed. And I think maybe that's what the kids are doing. The kids are re-energising some of the older guys. It's amazing to see. I think you raised some very valid points, the pair of you. Mm. And I think you're bang on with what you're saying about Frank Lampard, just mm. being able to relate to this yeah. group of players. We are going to move on shortly and speak to Andy Hampson, Northwest football journalist for the Press Association. But before we do that, fellas, a very, very quick quiz before we move on. You've got a quiz. Very quick. Just one question. Yeehaw. We always like to chuck in one I question. Like I know stats tended to only begin when the Premier League started. Don't tell Kerry Dixon that. But the <laughs> first meeting between Chelsea and City in the Premier League was a 1-0 victory for Chelsea at Main Road in August 1992. Who scored the goal? Vinnie Jones. Nope. But close. I'm just thinking close, 92, but no cigar. 92. Johnny Spencer. No, no, Tony Cascarino. Oh, close. That's close. <laughs> okay, it's the other one then. Yeah, it's the other one. Robert Fleck. No, no. no. Very similar stature. Oh, oh God, it's uh, Harford. Mick Harford. Mick Harford. Well done. <laughs> Chelsea fan show. Well done. done. <laughs> Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. The Opposition View on Love Sport. Indeed it is. The opposition view on Love Sport. This, the Chelsea Fan Show. Myself, Matt Beadle, here with the boys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Stanford Chidge Hello. and Jonathan Kidd. Of course, Hello. Chelsea make that trip to the Etihad this weekend. A team, by the way, who are sitting pretty on 399 Premier League wins. Who are? Manchester City. Are they? they are gunning for number 400. And a man to tell us whether... They will get that 400. Is Andy Hampson, Northwest football journalist for the Press Association. Andy, great to have you on. Will City make it 4 0 this weekend? Uh, hello, guys. Yeah, good to speak to you. Um, well, this is a very interesting question because uh, after what happened at Anfield a couple of weeks ago, things are up in the air a bit, really. City played pretty well that day, but they didn't get the win. They weren't finished enough. Liverpool were. Um, City have had to spend the last couple of weeks licking their wounds a little bit. So they're coming back tomorrow uh, to play Chelsea. I think they'll be, they'll be fairly fired up, but obviously they're playing a, a Chelsea team that are in pretty good form themselves. So hey, it could go either way, really. I'm, could be a draw. I'm not too sure. Yeah. What do you reckon? Four yeah, all, I, four all, three all. What do you reckon? <laughs> I tell you what, Andy. You know, uh, all the all the press. You know, most pundit. You look at the bookies and all of that. Everybody thinks it's a nailed-on City win, and I'm honestly, I honestly have no idea how this will go. You know, it could go anywhere, and I get that. But I don't think it's a nailed-on City win at all. I mean, they've got a few injury issues. Their defence has been vulnerable this season. Um, obviously, they're coming off the back of losing to Liverpool, which they would have hated. I mean, of course, they might bounce back, which is a worry for Chelsea. But I, 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 they have vulnerabilities. And in, yeah. in Chelsea, you've got a side that's doing incredibly well away from home. And I think... You know, this this kind of go-for-it, gung-ho attitude that they have and they get in your face 
and they and they can create chances and they can put them away. So I don't for one minute think it's a nailed on City win. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you're saying that there are vulnerabilities, and obviously Liverpool exploited them ruthlessly a couple of weeks ago, but it's not just Liverpool. I mean, they lost to Wolves um, a few weeks ago, and they lost to Norwich earlier in the season. But there are weaknesses there um, for, for teams to, to get at. Guardiola seems to have lost confidence in, in the the, uh, the Stones off a Mendy pairing. You know, there is only two fit senior centre halves at the moment, so he doesn't want to play them together. His best centre half at the moment is Fernandinho, who's a converted midfielder. He's having to play him with, with one of the two, and that means Fernandinho is not playing in midfield, which is his best position. So there's a, there's a weakness there. You know, I, I think City are there to be got at. That, that said, when, when they're on form and they click, obviously they, they're attacking trio of, uh, of Aguero, De Bruyne and Sterling have been absolutely magnificent this season and you know, once they get the ball you can be in trouble Aguero did have a, a bad day at Anfield um, but, well he always does uh, to was, be fair it, it doesn't he? One, yes he does he's always, he's always struggled there to, but he's not, he's not struggled anywhere else well I was going to say well, to not against Chelsea that's yeah, for sure to cheer you yeah. up Andy he's, he's, uh, I did this the other day but he scored uh, t- what is it he scored 15 goals in 19 appearances against Chelsea in all competitions uh, ten in thirteen in the Premier League. He likes he likes scoring against Chelsea, and that worries me actually, because he's a good yeah. striker. Oh, he's an, he's an absolutely fantastic player. You know, year after year, he keeps producing the good. He's a better player now actually than he than he was before Guardiola arrived. He's he's improved his all around game. He, he he helps he helps in and around the box, brings other players into the game, and obviously he's still an absolutely lethal finisher. Yeah, he's you know, still on top of his game. Chelsea had an opportunity to sign him when he was with. with uh... Atleti, um, and uh, the rumour was that John Terry said denied. That, uh, yeah, we denied, denied. it. He, but he always but, uh, does, doesn't he? Of course he'd do. But um, he didn't play very well, I remember, against Chelsea in a uh, in a Champions League game. And, uh, and it no, was JT all bit, had him in his pocket. That's right. That's Even, exactly, but he scored two goals that's exactly the next what match. I mean, that's what he did. He scored two goals in the <laughs> exactly, away game. Exactly. But yeah, yeah but uh, the, uh, we've really regretted not mm. buying him. Andy, talking of the Champions League, uh, you know... <laughs> I, I cannot believe that we're playing Man City tomorrow and we are sitting in third while they are in fourth and that they lost to Liverpool the other week, which many people think that's given... I mean, I, I hesitate to say handed Liverpool the title when you're only about 13 games in, but they're in the box seat. Um, do you think... I mean, do you think that Guardiola might focus his attention more on the Champions League or, you know, maybe write this season off as a title-winning season or, or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that has crossed my mind. I don't think, I don't think we're going to see it just yet because at City they're almost they're as good as through to the last sixteen already. They're, you know, they've got this group pretty much sewn. They just need a point next week to to do the job. So uh, I think they'll just keep you know trying as hard as they can in in the league for the, for the moment. But you know, when we get to February, March, if, if they're still you know, a significant number of points behind. I think then we may well see Guardiola start to prioritise the Champions League and start start rotating with it in mind, really, playing his best team in the week in the Champions League games and, and resting players at the weekends. Because I, I think that's the one he really, really wants to win now. He's done the, he's won the Premier League for the last couple of years. And, and obviously, he gets his players wound up. And he, he's so intense. He gets some players fired up to you know, play, play at such a high standard. And, and they've been at that level for two years now. I think there's inevitably going to be a bit of a drop-off at some point. It's just mm. happened this, this season. Obviously, Liverpool have, have, rate, have, have had to meet City standards. To, to, to you know, They've realised they've got to... City have raised the bar so high, they've realised they've got to meet those standards. And they're not for, for relenting at the moment. They're, they're just absolutely flying. So while City are capable of getting back into the, the, uh, the title race, it, it does depend on whether Liverpool will drop points. It doesn't look like they will. So, well, it doesn't look like they're going to drop many at the moment. So, yeah, come the new year, City may well have to start to realign their, um, their their priorities and focus on the Champions League. Andy, just to quickly touch on what you said regarding John Stones and Nicolas Otamendi as well and that pairing and the fact that Pep Guardiola seems to have given up on that. Is that not Can that not be attributed as mismanagement on the part of Guardiola? Because this is a player that he brought in in John Stones for, you know, 50-odd million pounds. He's got no centre-backs currently fit bar those two. Surely you've got to try and figure out a way for them to play together or is it simply that he just doesn't rate John Stones or that he doesn't rate Otamendi and one of them has to go because if you've got two centre-backs at the club and you've got no other ones fit surely you have to play those two Yeah, I, I agree with you it does seem strange but the, the, the game is Norwich here in the season they've lost that they were both pretty calamitous they both made mistakes in, in that game and I think after then Guardiola just decided right, I, I just can't can't trust them together anymore and, it, and he's got Fernandinho back and Fernandinho's done a decent job he, he's a 
he's a good stopgap, I think, in that position. He could probably get a game at a mid-table team as a centre-back, but really, he's not He's not a top-line centre-back. City do need to look to strengthen there. I'm sure they're aggressive. Has he got now. anybody right lined up for, not, uh, for January, do you think? Well, I think they've got to be thinking about it now, because as soon as Vincent Company announced he was leaving in the last season, I think they should have changed their priority from Rodri uh, and looked at a centre-back. They did try to get Harry Maguire. It didn't work out. Uh, but they didn't seem to have any backup plan, so they've got to be thinking about it because, yeah, if he doesn't want to play Stones and Otamendi together, um, we're still a couple of months away from Laporte being fit, so they've really got to do something. Otherwise, you know, they will be having to write this season off. Yeah, indeed they will. Andy, before you go, it's been great having you on. A quick score prediction from you? Oh, goodness. I'm going uh, to say 2 all. To all. Mm. Mm, nice. Okay, Andy, great, great having you on. Thank Cheers, you, buddy. Andy. Thank, Thank you. you, Andy. That was Andy Hampson, Northwest Football Journalist for the Press Association. There was one thing he said there that I didn't massively buy into, and that was the fact that after two seasons, Pep's gone, oh, do you know what? No. I don't know if I've got it in me to win another Premier League. That's what makes no, you a I'm great, great manager. You have yeah. to go, no, I'm going all out to win the trophies. <laughs> and if I want to win the Champions League, I've got to go all out to win the Premier League. I haven't so got you can't that impression. He gets annoyed when he doesn't win. Yeah. And, oh, uh, he'll be gutted. And yeah, and he, you can see it in his face. He, he does, wants he, to win he, everything, doesn't he? He does. He yeah. just gives dreadful interviews if they've lost. Terrible. He, yeah. Whereas if, they've, if they're winning everything, he's charm and personified. But mm. uh, It's kind of really bizarre. The the they're fourth in a sense, isn't it? I mean, you know, they haven't really lost that many matches. I mean, they've lost they've lost three matches. Because Chelsea have been so good. It yeah. is, and it's also a bit of a disgrace. And I, Actually, I, I when I say you, that, I mean, I'm, the, the centre back yeah, issue. The centre back issue for me is one, and it's a bit akin to. Chelsea, actually, in 2007, I think it was. It was when there was a real dearth of centre-backs. You had no one fit. The only player I think was fit was Boularouz. And you had to play him <laughs> alongside Michael Essien at the back. Wow, yeah. I remember that. And it was a time when you played Wickham in the semi-final yeah, of the Carling yeah. Cup at I the was time. There. Yeah. And Essien had to play at centre-back and got we, muscled we lost, out by Jermaine Easter. We lost 2-1, didn't we? No, it was 1-0. Was it? And right, then you right, won right. The, oh, the, the second I'm, leg 4-0. I was, so, I was yeah. so there that I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But... I just think for a club like Manchester City, regardless of the injuries you've got, to be in the situation they're in is quite staggering, really. Um, well, they've said that. I mean, I think you know you need to to have the the context around this as well because they got Laporte, which was he was brought in to replace Company, and sure. of course he got injured, and he's been the biggest loss. Yeah, and you, they couldn't have predicted that. And of course they've got John Stones, who's supposed to be a centre back, but clearly Guardiola doesn't fancy, so he's put Fabinho. Is it Fernandinho? Fernandinho. And there is a, as, as, a, as an auxiliary centre back, yeah, yeah. very wrong manager. That's never really going to work. But that's why it? I was asking about mismanagement because this is a player that clearly Pep was desperate to yeah, sign. But he wouldn't in John have needed Stones. to do that had Laporte not got injured. No, but, but also he, the fact he, he spent a lot of money on John Stones wasn't that from a different clearly... period where he was playing better because he hasn't even been figuring. So is he not improved? as a player then no he clearly hasn't maybe he's yeah. not capable of being a player yeah exactly like some like some uh, yeah. some players, some players okay, it doesn't really matter how much you educate them absolutely we are at the end of our hour oh, it's always really? a shame when we get to this hour? time on a you don't a need Friday to do the evening. lead show you could have us kiddos checking the time to make sure that I'm telling <laughs> yeah. the truth I thought you might have been just <laughs> no. you know, ending it 10 minutes early <laughs> not been fabricating yeah, wouldn't that be great and then you could just talk about whatever you wanted while you ushered us out of the studio <laughs> right before you go kiddo quick score prediction from you please three all three wow three all this yeah. weekend and, and I said three all on Monday I cannot change my mind I'm saying three all tonight lovely stuff we will find out whether those predictions are indeed correct next week on the Chelsea Fan Show at 7pm we'll see you then thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio for more go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts news and views or for more follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter it's the 90th minute all your mates around You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.